Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. And as always, I'm here with my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Hey, Seth. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. We had a frost this morning, so I'm a little chilly. Give you the weather the weather update here, but it was uh, all kinds of frost all over the grass this morning. Yeah, it, it feels like we're barreling towards the end of the year. Like most of this year dragged by for me. I don't know how you felt about it, but it just felt like time was not moving fast. But suddenly it's picked up. Like really hard you to believe it's you're in the warp or something, some sort of wormhole that you're in, or I don't probably. know. Probably. Yeah, probably it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like winter's on its way. So yeah, that signals to me end of year coming. So for sure, yeah. Yes, um, for sure. Speaking of end of year, we've got like our annual. What do we call it? Volley days, right? Volley days. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, the end of October can only mean one thing, and uh, that's our annual annual volley days episode. Uh, we're we're so happy to do this again, and and as always, we are so happy to welcome back a regular on the podcast, Randy Gross. Randy, as uh, as I'm sure many listeners know, is CompTIA's Chief Information Officer and Executive Vice President of Certification Operations, which has to be in the running for the title with the most syllables, Randy, I'm so, thinking. So many syllables. <laughs> Lots of syllables. Do you just do an acronym on your, you know, on your signature? Yeah, yeah I just go by Randy. Uh... <laughs> that works. <laughs> In charge of many things. Yes, Ugh. yes. Yeah. Boss man. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. Randy, how you doing? Doing well. I agree with you on the year, man. It's uh I was I've I've gotten to travel a couple different times and it's it's funny watching the ebb and flow of you know, people in and out of airports that you could always time like the best time of year to travel ever is September and October because the kids are back in school, the weather's good, there's never thunderstorms yeah. on and on and on. And you get back in there now and there's just, it's just all chaos. Like you never know what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, it's just, year's nuts. I can't believe it's, I mean, it's basically November. It's crazy. I mean, yours pretty much over. Well, <laughs> I'm, getting on a I'm getting on a plane for the first time this weekend, Sunday to go to an event for the first time in, in almost two years. So I'm eager to see what the travel experience is going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, um, you're going to Vegas. So that I am. Luckily, luckily I got a direct flight, so I don't have to deal with uh, connecting and, and all of that. So once I get on the plane in Boston, I land in Vegas, hopefully. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping to add that I'm mitigating some of the travel nightmares by not having to park and stop in Chicago or somewhere like that uh, on the way, but we'll see. I'll report back all the fun. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, yeah, as, as people might be familiar with, this Volley Days episode uh, is something we came up with a few years ago, looking at, you know, these holidays that uh, all stack up at the end of the year. We've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then all of the end of the year holidays that people celebrate. And we decided to try to put a tech spin on it and talk about one thing in technology that is scaring us, one thing that we're thankful for, and one thing that's on our wish list. And so we always divide these up and Carolyn, I think you've got Halloween, so you've got the floor. Take it away. I got scary. Um, I can't remember the last time I had that. I thought, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I was like, there are so many things to be frightened about. <laughs> um, and then so I feel like I don't want to bring everybody down. Hopefully we end on a high note of hopefulness. But um, I would say my theme, generally speaking, is disruption, uh, a fear of continued disruption. 
Um, Seth, you and I are about to put out our IT industry outlook for 2022, which is our annual kind of, you know, what to expect for next year and how are people, how are, you know, businesses faring. And um, we have a pretty optimistic take on companies, both in the channel and then on the IT professional side, everybody who works with technology, having a bit of a return to strategy. And my fingers are crossed that that all does come to fruition. My fear uh, is multi-pronged. There's a couple of things in disruption that I think we can talk about. One is the elephant in the room, and it was the number one thing that um, people in the survey feared was if there is a continued or renewed uh, nightmare around COVID or the pandemic. So I think that's just something we all have to kind of worry about a little bit. Um, I think we expected 2021 to be a little bit different on the upside, and we got crushed a bit. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen next year. But the other two things that are much more technical in nature are that I worry about from a disruption standpoint um, is supply chain, which we are seeing headlines about every day and how that's going to trickle down an impact, especially those um, on the vendor side who are trying to get products out the door, the channel companies that are trying to sell those products, and then the businesses on the end user side that are trying to buy those. Um, and so how do you do forecasting? How do you do planning? And how do you not disappoint your customers um, when there are component supply issues or other things like that? And then the other disruptor, I think, is the ongoing talk we have about cybersecurity. And I know, Randy, this is an area you could speak and Seth to much more um, fluently than, than I can, but that seems to be a uh, an area that is growing in complexity, as we always talk about. Um, what I found in my state of the channel study this year is that surprisingly, a lot of uh, solution providers out there are not on top of it as far as cybersecurity, and they're willing to admit it, um, which is even worse, I think. So it tells you how bad the problem may be because there's those who don't admit it. Um, but there's a lot of companies who are willing to say, we don't really have a good handle on our security posture, both internally, which is shocking, and then externally to customers. So those are the things I worry about, not to be the gloom and doomer. And I wondered if you, if those resonate with either of you guys. Yeah, I'll, uh, first of all, you stole one of mine, um, but I'm going to talk about it. Anyway. Maybe we should have converted, you know. Uh, no, 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 the surprises are, are crucial. Um, right. I think, I think to talk on the, on the cybersecurity side of things, it's, I, I've been talking about this for years and think about it, like the, the notion of table stakes with security, they, they go up and up and up every single year. And it's almost like people forget that and they forget that what you're doing now will literally never be good enough. Uh, we've run into, there's a couple, you know, and we monitor our vendors, for example. And so it was one of our vendors that we were talking with about MFA and they're like, well, you know, we can do MFA here, but we don't have to do it. Here's like, no, 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 no. That's, this is what you do now. This is like one of your key defense postures that you have to have. And it's, it's frustrating that we still have to have those conversations, but you realize like, the, the IT industry is a continuum. And there's, like you said, there's some MSPs that just do not have the notion of like what this is really going to take in 2021. They're back in 2013, 15, mm -hmm. whatever. And they're the people that are getting popped. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's, it, you just, it, it, it's literally a line item we track now. Like what, what is it was specifically to security? Because you, you kind of want to understand like, is it enough? Is it, it's never mm -hmm. too much. <laughs> so, so I think that's a, it's well said. Yeah, I, I I like that idea of disrupting disruption being you know something that's scary here. Uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about 
a lot of the discussion, you know, that I read, and I think, you know, we've been part of it trying to talk about the, the different waves of technology that have come, uh, different eras of technology and, and times that there's been disruption. And, and a lot of people, you know, think that cloud and mobile was one of these step functions. And I think in our time here, Carolyn, you know, we've seen the industry at large kind of struggle with with that one. I, I think a lot mm -hmm. of people, you know, jumped in pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of people uh, were somewhat hesitant. A lot of people, you know, wanted to just write it off as the same thing that we've seen before and not really embrace some of the differences that there was. And uh, I think that is kind of what put a lot of companies in a pinch last year. Uh, you know, the companies that did the best, we've talked about it so many times, were the ones that really jumped on the new models and and knew what they were doing. Uh, and and a lot of other companies really had to accelerate those plans in the past, you know, 18 to 24 months. So so it's interesting, you know, as we're coming out of that to, to look at where we might be now. And as companies are maybe picking up their strategy, moving back to emerging technology, maybe beginning to look at the horizon at, you know, do we do we even have any idea of what the next wave might be? You know, for anyone that didn't handle this previous wave very well, um, you know, the next one that's coming could be a killer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I want, you know, disruption doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, right? We talk about disruption sometimes in the more optimistic way that, you know, that's just the way the technology industry is. And those of us who are not flat-footed and get on ahead of disruption can be the ones who succeed. And hopefully, like you said, Seth, as we see some new models coming down the road, um, there will be a swath of companies out there that are already ahead of the game. And I think we saw that a little bit even during the pandemic with the number of companies that stepped up their digital transformation efforts. Um, they took the time to say, all right, well, this is something that's been on our light item list for a while now. Why don't we use this um, strange kind of time of stasis that we're in uh, to work on those things. And so th that's that's a positive, I think. So fingers crossed that none of my predictions come true on the uh, on the scary front. Um, I don't know who of you has Thanksgiving now. We'll, we'll move to something more optimistic. Is that you, Randy? No, it's me. Not this year. Oh, Randy, so Randy's going to wrap us up and take us home. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to start swinging a little bit more positive here, you know, with something that I'm thankful for. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot as the year has been ending here. And like you said, Carolyn, as we've been looking at our industry outlook is sort of the state of technology and the fact that, we are reaching some kind of a stage of maturity with this latest wave that we've had and things are stabilizing a little bit. And I think what that makes me think of is this really broad, stable platform that we've built with cloud mobility and, and cellular technology and, and things like that has really made technology so much more accessible. Uh, you know, I think we've seen that for, for many years now, um, but lots of different people in lots of different places can access technology and begin building things. Uh, and, you know, I think that's exciting to see the types of things that they're building, you know, the types of innovation that we see. It's also, you know, obviously a wonderful thing for, for giving people a chance to, you know, rise above and, and come out of, you know, whatever situation they might be in, if they can get access to technology and get educated better uh, and just improve their life. So, I really, you know, am thankful for that broad accessibility. Uh, I think one thing that is related to that is kind of this democratization of technology where, you know, everyone has a chance to participate in it now. And moving forward, what that sort of makes me think of is um, decentralization, you know, crypto type of stuff. I, I really don't have 
the absolute best handle on on this. Um, but you know, a lot of people believe that it will be sort of the next wave in how we're building the internet. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, we we've never really been able to you know build huge connected systems um, that, that are completely open, you know, usually some form of standards emerge, um, but maybe things are different this time. So one way or another, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the reach that technology has and, and the, the ability that people have to access technology and do something with it and make their lives better. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really well said. I was thinking about something similar um, you know, we, we took, if you think about last year, which Carolyn, like it was, that was scary. It's scary to even think about last year, but it's not like this year has been a real riot either. Um, in the, in the right, right form of riot, <laughs> but we've taken a lot of what technology has given us for granted. And I think that's a good thing. We are endlessly entertained. That's actually, that's okay to talk about. Like we have this incredible distribution network there. That's been I think probably pretty healthy for, for that. And if you think toward the education side of things, even though kids in school versus kids in, in classrooms is political, but also like just logistically, like get them out of my house. Um, that stuff worked. It really did. And in, in five, 10 years ago, it wouldn't have, and it worked better than it, it worked better than we think we think it did. I think it's, it's still there. So, and, and even with, like you said, I think about almost like the sort of what you're talking about stuff is like the pipes, like 5G is coming on now. If once you switch to even from the old school 3G to LTE, 5G is light years past that. And so I think as, as that sort of stuff happens, it just opens up new things and we take that for granted. It's awesome. So yeah, I am absolutely thankful for that as well. Yeah, I, I am too. I think about it. I like the, the democratization um, term that you use, Seth. Uh, and I think we saw this on display during the pandemic with remote work and, and, and how that actually clicked and worked, similar to what you're talking about, Randy, with schooling and going virtual. Um, and I think if you think about it from a business perspective, um, having technology become so accessible, so easy, both on a consumer side and on a business side has enabled um, people to do the work of business anywhere. And I think that's a big deal. The, the epicenter of technology has always been on the coast. You think about Silicon Valley and, and companies there, and you think about things in the Northeast. And that necessarily doesn't have to be the case anymore. And you know, we do a lot of work, obviously, at CompTIA on getting workers into the IT industry. And now you can be a technology professional uh, or work in a technology capacity in an industry that isn't the technology industry, and you can live anywhere. And so it really does, you know, kind of um, it levels the playing field for people uh, who want to be in this um, line of work. And it really just opens up opportunities for businesses to actually start to and innovate in places all over the country versus having to be in those what we, you know, classically consider the the um, the hubs of technology. That's all changing. And I think we've seen that rapidly happen over the last couple of years. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to watch that play out, I think, for quite a while into the future, you know, as uh, everyone has this new idea of flexibility, you know, in their work and where they mm -hmm. want to go uh, and, and to see, you know, what, you know, cities and, you know, maybe even smaller cities and towns start to try to do to, you know, attract people to live there that that feel like they can work from anywhere, you know, maybe mm -hmm. start to attract, you know, companies there to to start up and, 
uh, and, and attract more talent. And and I think it's going to take a long time, you know, to watch it play out. I, I feel, Carolyn, like there's a thread that connects, you know, your fear and my thing that that I'm thankful for, and that's the the stability that we're building on. You know, Randy, you kind of said that we take it for granted which I think is because it's so ubiquitous in our life and, and it is fairly yeah. stable. Like, you know, the, 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 the things that we have to build on um, are, are pretty sufficient for a lot of our needs. And yes, definitely, you know, faster things are coming and more processing power and all of that will, will always continue to come. But um, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff uh, might exceed, you know, a lot of people's needs. And, and so we've got this, this state where, you know, people can build on what they have today. They can build, you know, amazing things. Uh, and and again, everyone can be connected and uh, for better or for worse, I guess. So uh, something to be thankful for, something to keep an eye on and and just kind of watch how this stability plays out and, and possibly leads to the next wave of, of disruption. Yep. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you're thankful for that. And, uh, and I hope it uh, supersedes my my fears. Uh, Randy, you get to talk about wishful things, I guess. So what you're, what you're wishing for in the Christmas, Hanukkah, you name it, um, happy season that is December. That's right. I'm going to do a bit of a, a, a multi-layered segue here. So I'm, I'm thankful for 30 years of being friends with Seth. So it's our 30th anniversary. I'm very excited. About oh, it. We didn't talk about high school today. Damn it. We, we, we did. We do have a story, but we can't remember if we told it already. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I think, you know, the interesting part of that is, so Seth knows my mom, he's known her for a long time and he also knows my wife. Um, and so to get to the wish list side of things, and I think you'd agree, my mom is a delightful Southern lady who wants to make sure people are happy and then gift giving, however, is not one of her favorite things. My wife on the alternative side is the person that tells you, you will buy this for me as a present. Um, it is fantastic and it requires no wishing at all. Um, no hoping at all. It is, this is what I will have. And I was like, okay, fine. It makes it easy. So growing up, growing up one way and then having the other thing, this way is actually quite easy. You just have to get over yourself of like, there's this notion of surprise. And so I think anyway, so to get meta and by the way, thank you so much meta for giving me such a great week of memes. It's been fantastic. Um, <laughs> I had to get that in there. I think if you look at wishes, you know, sometimes you can think they're irrational or think that there, there's no plan there. We had one of our, uh, our, our customers tell us, you know, this year that, you know, hope is not a strategy. Oh, it's kind of disappointing, but it's true. I mean, you know, in business, especially like, I want to invite this guy to a party. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that I can get this done, but they, you know, they're not wrong. So, you know, when I looked at, when I was thinking about wishes, I've, I've always been pragmatic. And I think the wish, the wish component it's hilarious that you mentioned supply chain because I, I look at it as like, I wish that the technology business could get back to removing friction because mm. we do that so well. We bring people together easily. We bring, you know, data together easily. We, we add all this functionality to the point where we can take for granted this insane amount of complexity in our phones and our computers and our networks and on and on and on. And what, what COVID's done is throw sand in all those gears. And I think as we look at supply chain, especially it's, an, it's, it, it's one of those things that technology ironically can't overcome just yet because it's the thing that's getting attacked. And it's, it's brutal that we can't create enough things to overcome all of that. And I think, so my wish, my wish, and I don't know, you know, wish, 
almost implies that there's someone on the other side of that wish who can grant it. I don't know who grants that wish, to be honest, but that is my hope that we can start removing that. We've, you know, you look at buying a car or buying even phones, phone, the delay on phones, delays on watches, the delays on laptop, whatever it is, servers, switches, all that stuff is there. Once we start getting back to that, then we start getting back to being able to be creative, faster, making customers happy, all those kinds of things that I think, um, you know, the technology industry is so wonderful at doing. And so that's, that's my hope for this year is when we hear things like, well, things will get back to, you know, chips will be being built in 2023. I hope we go faster than that. I hope it's a lot of under promising and a lot of over delivering. <laughs> so that's my hopefulness for the year. I like that. Um, I think, unfortunately, the tech industry itself can't wave the magic wand and it's going to require working with governments and all that complicated stuff that gets in the way. If we could just be left to our own devices, right, it might be a little bit easier. But um, I think that's a great wish uh, is we just remove friction. I think everybody could just do that with their own lives, right? Remove the friction and um, and your families runs more smoothly and your work life runs more smoothly and uh, and the business world runs more smoothly. Yeah, as, as you used supply chain there as an example, it, it made me think that I, I feel like there is some reason for hope because one of the things that I've been hearing as you know the supply chain is broken down is that we're becoming a lot more aware of how much complexity there is in the supply chain and, and how many levers there are to, to push and pull on. And many of those technology maybe could be applied to, and some of them, like Carolyn said, you know, maybe can't be. But, but I, I think there will be so much more opportunity for people to, to have seen a problem statement and to pick apart that problem statement, and then figure out which parts that they can attack. And I'm sure that there's going to be, you know, really niche places that people get into with technology trying to improve things. Uh, and and maybe we won't see, you know, every single one of those really minute details, but hopefully we can see the end result. Uh, the other thing that I'm thinking is, as you're talking about removing friction is, it'll be really interesting to watch moving forward where people might almost decide that they they need, I don't know if friction is the right word, but you know the thing that I'm thinking of the most is getting back together because obviously we have proof of concept that technology can now keep us from ever having to be in person uh, <laughs> together again. But none good? of us want that, right? And, and so we're, we're going to be moving into this phase where it's like, okay, you know, we we could make this the most efficient thing possible, but actually there are some other things, you know, besides efficiency that we're trying to gain here. And we'll have some choice in that matter. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see how people make their choices and how it balances out. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's the human nature aspect of things, and then there's the lack of friction, and they sometimes butt heads. I would agree with you, Seth, that, you know, might be less, might be more friction to get together once in a while, but it might be more worth it from a, like, you know, deep in the heart standpoint. And and also for innovation's sake, a lot of times it's better just be sitting in the room with people. So we'll see how it shakes out. That's one of the things we talk about a bit in the outlook. So that's upcoming as well, is just how we uh, walk this land is going to shake out in the coming year. Yeah. So, yep. Well, I think we did a pretty good job of moving away from Carolyn's fear mongering at the beginning of the episode. Sorry. So. Yeah. I did literally bring it back to her fear mongering, but I brought a better hope toward it, I think. Mm. Yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> More hopefulness. Yeah. Well, as long as you get me some paper towels on the shelves, I'll be happy. 
Although the ones like you know those backup ones were so. Oh, rough. the backup ones are the worst. Yes, I would rather. Yeah, you don't can see like that. the splinters from the factory in there. <laughs> Yes, one tiny puddle and the thing is is disintegrated. Yeah, I can't. Yes, I, I oh, can't. Gosh. Um, okay, well. so that's that piece. my wish for the year ahead: plentiful, good paper towels. There we go. I'll leave you with that one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm tempted to say that this this turned into first world problems here. <laughs> no way. Paper towels are are a problem for everybody, no matter where. Yeah, well, but uh, yeah, I, th I think we've got some good things to, to to watch for here in the coming year. And uh, I, I, I was very, you know, delighted by this episode as always. And Randy, can't wait to have you back again. Maybe we'll get you on, you know, before the volley days again. Maybe we can come up with something. It's, you know, it's tough. We've got so many people just begging to be our guests on on this uh, podcast now. Yeah, but, I think uh, we can squeeze you in maybe yeah. next summer sometime. We'll, well do like I, a, a half year check, you know, checkup. Uh, you know, it's funny. The uh, I hate to advertise another podcast on your podcast. That is, that's I know that's, that's okay, probably bad. Um, but after you watch all of the volleys and listen to them all, there is story time with Seth Rogen, which is a new one that came out. So oh. we could have story time with Seth and Carolyn and okay. rip that off. And it's really, it's actually really funny. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Sounds great. Well, thanks for joining yet again. It's always good to have you. And Seth, I will talk to you very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks uh, as always to our producer, Andrew McMillan. Thank you, Randy, for joining us. And Carolyn, we'll see you next time. All righty. Bye-bye.